guys. Welcome back to another episode of Study Break. My name is Melody, and today I am here with my friend, Katie. Hi, guys. My name is Katie, and I'm a student in Southern California. Today, we are going to be talking a little bit more about growing up. I think this is a topic that a lot of us are scared to talk about. We think about it all the time because, come on, it's the future. We're excited about it, but there's also a lot of things that are scary. So Katie and I, we are both seniors. We actually met each other just this year in our AP government class. Tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, no problem. So I actually was a student in Las Vegas like six months ago before I moved to California. And I basically did so because I wanted a little bit of independence and also mainly because I wanted to finish my last year of senior year here and then get residency and then go to college here as well. Um, so it's been a really jarring process, but it's definitely been a learning experience. And I've definitely experienced a lot of um, trials and tribulations that I definitely wouldn't have experienced staying at home with my parents. Yeah, so are you living with any family members right now? Yeah, I'm actually living with my aunt right now, um, and it's been okay. We actually live pretty independently from each other. Like, she kind of does her own thing, and, like, she's pretty busy, so she's rarely ever in the house. So I'm usually, like, cooking for myself, um, driving myself to school, and generally doing my own laundry and everything like a normal person. Yeah, so from what I'm hearing, it it's basically like you're living by yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so as a 17-year-old, that is that is pretty tough to handle. You have to learn all of the adulting 101 stuff as soon as possible. How to cook, how to do laundry, how to take care of your bills. Um, you have a job, right? Yeah, I do. Uh, I work at Sunrite at the moment, but I used to work at Pizza Hut. For those of you who don't know what Sunrite is, it's a local boba shop. So let's let's talk a little bit more about working and balancing your school life and your work life. Um, so you work part time currently at Sunrite, and so what what has that been like for you? How are you managing your work schedule and then balancing that with homework and any extracurriculars? It's definitely been a little bit easier since I just started about um, two weeks ago at this Sunrite. So um, I haven't been working as many days as I usually would um, since I only work like two days a week at the moment. And it's soon going to be bumped up to four days a week. But when I did work four days a week at Pizza Hut, it was a lot of like making sure that at the times that I did feel productive, that I capitalized on it and always kind of staying busy and making sure that if I wasn't doing something that I was doing homework. And it's always like getting ahead of yourself and of the workload to make sure that in the times that you can't do work that you're already ahead of the class. Every time I have free time, just the thought of having to do work because I know like I'm gonna have a busy schedule is really, I guess, frustrating, and it can be really overwhelming sometimes. So how do you handle that? Yeah, I definitely struggle with that quite a bit too. And it's something I still have to work on myself. But uh, I think I'm able to cope with it because like when you're in the moment, and you know that you're working from this time to this time, and what your schedule looks like for the rest of the week, then you kind of have that push 
and in general knowing that you have other responsibilities like cooking and doing just like daily tasks that take up other amounts of your time you kind of know that you have to factor that in in order to get your work time work in time um for your due dates and assignments Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and so do you have a system right now in place on how you keep everything organized for me um personally I love Google Calendar it is my lifesaver. I just schedule everything important on there from events, sometimes time blocking. But when it comes to homework, I used to be really good at keeping track of everything in a planner. And then I don't know why I just stopped doing that. I guess because everything is posted on Google Classroom anyways. Um, so I just do like the to do thing, filter it out by the due dates. And that's how I do it. So um, how about you? Honestly, I do something pretty similar too. Um, I just have everything in like separate like tabs and desktops since like the MacBook has an option where you can put everything in separate like locations and like, I don't know if that makes sense. They're like desktops that you can separate them. And so I kind of separate my class in that way. Um, But in terms of like agenda and everything, I used to be really good at that too. But like, honestly, I'm not that great anymore. Um, and I think it's the whole like digital aspect and the fact that like our learning is so different than how it was in like middle school, because in middle school, I was totally on top of it. And like, I had like a, an agenda and I always made sure to write down all my homework, but now everything feels less tangible because of all, all of our work. And so I guess it doesn't feel as necessary as it used to feel. Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of weird because you would think that a middle schooler wouldn't need a planner, if anything. We had like one homework assignment every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But now as a high school senior, I mean, we're in the same class that gives like eight assignments every week. Um, yeah. It gets really overwhelming a lot of the times. I will definitely have to hold myself accountable to being more organized next semester. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll keep each other accountable. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But going back to your job at Sunrite, can you give the audience a little bit of a background on why you decided to take up a job in your senior year? Uh, It's definitely the fact that my parents aren't really financially supporting me as much as they would if I were in Vegas, because in terms of like uh, food, gas, car maintenance, all of that, that's really my responsibility. Like the only things that they're really helping me with is car insurance and the fact that they gave me my mom's old car but other than that I never reach out for money and I purposely want to keep myself independent because otherwise moving here for independence seems a little like futile um but other than that um that's why I felt like I kind of needed it and like regardless of whether or not my parents gave me money which they don't I would still want that money to feel I guess validated that I'm doing something outside of school that feels um, closer to like work in real life. Working was definitely at the top of my priority as soon as I turned 16 but because of the pandemic obviously it was really difficult to get a job and like a lot of people were laid off anyway so um, when I turned 17 I knew that I would get a job regardless of like school or whether or not my parents would help me financially and I think it's just good to have experiences outside of school once you get out of high school anyway and it's good to be able to have co-workers who aren't like 
you know, your age or like people have different experiences and perspectives too. Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. It is a whole different world outside of school, especially working. It's just a whole new environment and you get that fresh new perspective. Yeah. And so um, I'm really curious to know, like, what do you think about how your parents feel about you moving here to California by yourself? funny you say that because like two days ago my dad actually called me and was like hey you know if you want a new car you can come straight home and it'll be right there and (laughs) I guess that kind of sums up how he feels about me moving um but my mom um I think she's pretty much okay with it like she never like calling me excessively like my dad does but she definitely kind of concerns over the fact that I'm unable to balance between everything which I totally understand since I am juggling like working cooking for myself and like going to school so it's like a little bit of a different dynamic than it was previously um but in general they have to kind of be supportive considering I'm already here so true how did you convince them to move over here um I kind of just said it (laughs) and they (laughs) their initial agreement was something that I was like, oh, cool. They're just agreeing with me. Cool. This, I, I don't even have to try to convince them. Um, but as the days kind of went on and like the more and closer that it had become like, I'm sorry, <laughs> the realer it became um, with like the paperwork and me putting my things into boxes that's when they kind of became kind of reluctant and like wanted to convince me to stay home. Um, But by that point, I had already made up my mind. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And how did your friends back in Vegas feel about you moving here? Oh, they were definitely supportive. But like, I, I feel like that's easier to be when you're not like, in their nest and leaving the nest. So in that regard, they were all super, super happy for me, super supportive. And I still talk to a few of them now. Um, Shout out to Ashley and Richard and Tammy. Yes, (laughs) that is really cool. And, you know, I'm really glad you moved over here because it has been great learning more about you and your story. Talking more about juggling your whole work, school and social life. I think it's definitely a really interesting dynamic because you're living in a completely new state. And have you lived in California before? Like, did you move anywhere when you were in Vegas? I actually was born in California and I lived here for two years before moving to Vegas. Um, But besides that, I haven't lived in Vegas, um, California very long. I lived in Vegas pretty much my whole life. And so like everything that I know, all my memories, all in Vegas. Um, So how was it like adjusting to this new environment here in California and meeting new people? I honestly wish I could give you a good answer, but considering my social lists in terms of like people I know in California, I wouldn't be able to give you a solid answer. And I, I feel like we should normalize that because I feel like people moving to new states tend to romanticize making new friends and going to social events and like living so extravagantly that it 
almost persuades you to move to a new state and drop everything in your old life. But in reality, it just hasn't been like that for me. And I think it's a combination of like the masks and the fact that I'm a senior and everyone already has their kind of like friend groups. So it's pretty difficult to integrate with everything that's already been constructed. Um, but I don't know, I, I guess I've almost not necessarily given up, but I've accepted the fact that it could be like this for a little bit before I find a common ground with people around me. Yeah, definitely. And I really admire how open-minded you are when it comes to this, because now with social media, you see all of these influencers moving cross-country. Like, there's a lot of people moving from LA to New York City right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, oh my gosh, why is this happening? And I watched a really good video by Tiffany Ferguson. Um she did like a whole video essay about why influencers are moving from LA to New York. And I just think it's so interesting how people really do romanticize moving. Just like you said, it's, it's really weird. I don't know how people thought of that idea, why they think it'd be so easy. Um, Yeah. But something about being a viewer and watching people move, maybe as a listener right now, they're hearing about your experience moving from Vegas to California and feeling inspired to do so themselves. But yeah, there are definitely a lot of hardships that should be talked more about. And so another thing that you brought up that I want to talk about is the established friend groups in senior year. It is so true. Like it's it's really hard to find new friends, especially when people are a little bit more closed-minded since they want this year to just be over with. They're like, I'm going to celebrate with my friends, Um, new people. Sure, I'll talk to them, but I won't be friend friends with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, how have you been dealing with that? It's definitely a bit lonely and it feels really isolating at times. Um, But I think what I've kind of been doing to cope with it is kind of embracing it almost I feel like bottling it up and acting like I'm okay and not normalizing it kind of makes it worse because it makes it seem like it's not real when in reality it's the truth and so I think that's really truly the way that I've been coping and like handling it and in general I do have friends back home so it's nice to have that support system still since that's really the only like friend group I have still when it was like the first day of school, (laughs) our school has like these weird divider things that separates each table. It's, it's so weird. I don't even know how to describe it. They're like plastic and they're like transparent. Uh, You can see through them, but then they're like really annoying shields. Um, You can't hear anyone when you're talking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they're and, like, and they're so obstructive you just knock into them every time you pass exactly people knock it over there's like <laughs> weird smudges on it now yeah. from people touching it <laughs> oh yeah it's it's just really gross so like that alongside the masks like even though you're in person you do still feel very divided from other people yeah absolutely yeah and so how have you like approached other people and try to make new friends um in the beginning of the year I kind of 
challenge myself to talk to at least two people a day and I did that solidly for like a whole week but then I realized that like the people that I, I was coming up to weren't in my classes so I would never see them again so it was like pretty pointless for me to do like I, it was still nice because I had a conversation with them but it definitely wasn't anything that had longevity um but in terms of making new friends it's always nice to like make friends with people in your class because you'll see them every day um and in terms of like doing group projects and stuff that's a great way to break the ice too as much as I hate group projects sometimes I do <laughs> cherish do. the memories <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah there's always that one person who doesn't want to do anything oh my gosh I could tell you so many stories about that Jeez, <laughs> we'll save it for another episode yeah <laughs> the struggles of group work I know now that we've talked a little bit more about your social life, let's also talk about your academic life because that's one of the major reasons why you moved to California in the first place, right? Yes. Yeah, so how's that been like for you, just coming to our school and learning with our teachers? It's definitely been a different experience. I feel like I'm going to use that word for a lot of things that I experienced here in California but I um I definitely feel as though it's almost a little sad for me because I definitely had a close bond with a lot of my teachers in my old high school and not being able to like see them around or like go to visit them is definitely something that I'm missing quite a lot and so I guess I'm almost comparing the experiences that and like memories that I have with these current teachers to the ones that I have back at home, which is completely unfair. And it doesn't make a lot of sense, but um, I guess I'm just doing it because uh, in terms of like memories and just missing home in general. Yeah, no, I think it's completely valid. It makes a lot of sense that you would think that way just because teachers in our eyes, they're always gonna be like a mentor, right? Someone you look up to. And even though you did move to a different school, you still have like that association with the teachers that you formed a really close bond with. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, let's talk a little bit more about your academic plans for the future, because you want to go to a college here in California, which I'm assuming is probably a UC. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to go to community college first and then transfer to a UC or just go to a UC right now? I think that's definitely an option and should always be an option for anyone, to be honest, considering how incredibly wild and high student debt can get. And I think the whole stigma around community college needs to stop because it's such a great alternative and it's such a good way for people who don't really know what to do for their life to figure it out and not have to pay an arm and a leg to figure it out. Um, So I think because of that, I do think that I could do that but I think because I moved here for residency it's not at the top of my list Um, but I definitely intend to keep it as an option while pursuing um, probably UC first. What do you plan on majoring in? This is gonna sound so boring and it's (laughs) so (laughs) and I feel like everyone's gonna roll their eyes because every Asian is just math and numbers, but I am planning to do um, something in accounting or business. And um, 
it's definitely not a passion or something that I see doing long-term, but I think it's always good to have a backup plan to your creative plan. Um, and my whole creative plan would be like doing something in like the film industry and like doing cinematography. Um, but of course, I, that's not the most viable plan. And what, the funny thing is that when I mentioned that to my counselors, they were almost like a little disappointed that I wasn't going to pursue a creative major. And they're like, you know, you have to be happy. And I was like, yeah, but I can't really be happy if I'm not stable. Financially yeah. stable. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But um, I think there's no shame in having a backup plan. And like, it's always good to have a backup plan. Um which the funny thing is I'm really awful at math and I actually used to be in your AP stats class before I dropped it. <laughs> so yeah, see how that works out. We love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? As a business major myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I just called it boring. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's the thing. I think there's definitely aspects of business that is really, really, really boring and mm-hmm. just the talking about it makes me want to fall asleep but then um business is surprisingly not all about numbers there's a lot of creative sides to it um we can get into this later on (laughs) but yeah I think that is that is really cool um it's really interesting how you brought up the whole backup plan to your ultimate goal a lot of counselors now they definitely do focus on the whole you have to do what you're passionate about be happy and pursue that dream um realistically speaking the chances of you being successful in like a film industry is much slimmer than if you were to get a job working in like some corporate world business situation yeah right um however that's not to say it's impossible cross my fingers yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) I think you will do amazing yeah of course you're so hardworking and dedicated I can go on and on and on (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course and so um that being your college plan going to UC studying business what is it like now preparing for your future oh my gosh every time someone brings up my future I want to disintegrate (laughs) it's honestly and I feel like it's a little hypocritical of me considering I moved here to be like an adult pretty much um but the whole idea of like going to college and not being in high school anymore feels so out of body and almost like it's not gonna happen Um, And I definitely feel like I need to snap out of that because it's coming quicker than I think. Um, We're already in winter break. (laughs) I know. It's really and truly um, wild. But um, I don't know. I... I, I'm kind of looking forward to it because I know like the extracurriculars and the activities there would be something that I would want to be involved in and like meeting all the new people and being able to be an adult in a different way that I am now would be something that I am kind of excited for. <laughs> Completely relatable because I just think college is something that I've been thinking about ever since I was like in elementary school. I don't know why our elementary school really pushed <laughs> the idea of college. They're like, yeah, so your high school graduation year is going to be 2022. 
and then your college graduation year is going to be 2026 <laughs> so it's like you early <laughs> I know I was like is this indoctrination oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> can I sue that no I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah but um college has been in my mind since I was really little and so now that I got accepted into college and I'm heading to college in Houston by the way which is like really weird oh my god really crazy I never expected that thank you I didn't know that (laughs) oh really okay so I guess this is my announcement I am really looking forward to graduation but it's really weird because I'm so excited to move on with my life yet I don't know if I'm ready for it oh my gosh yeah me too Um, yeah perfect words (laughs) (laughs) it's like just describing it it's really hard to explain how it really feels but yeah it's like you've been working your entire life to prepare for the moment you graduate high school to get into a good college yeah but then now that like well like soon you're gonna be accepted into the colleges and then you're gonna graduate and you're gonna be like okay what now like I don't think high schoolers really think about what they want to do after college yeah yeah and if you do that is great you're already one step <laughs> ahead of everyone else <laughs> yeah yeah um but I think with that it's really um a lot of go with the flow mindsets there's not really much you can do because after graduating high school it's a lot of lack of control yeah and I think that's something that honestly scares me and probably scares a bunch of high school seniors as well because having control is something that I feel like in so many aspects of our lives that we have and suddenly at one of the most important times of our lives when we suddenly lose grasp of it it's honestly an experience that like we probably will never forget and I like you said looking forward to it but also a little petrified at the same time Right, exactly. And it's just letting go of that control. It's going to be something that we've never really experienced before. I mean, um, you, you've definitely experienced this, right? Moving from Vegas to California. Um, that's like a whole new transition in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and then the transition from high school to college will be a brand new experience for you, which will also be just as eye-opening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we kind of maintain our expectations and not put all this pressure on ourselves to do so many things and overwhelm ourselves or to, of course, socialize, but also have time for yourself as well. And I think it's so important to maintain your expectations and everything because honestly, as me personally, I always make sure to undermine my expectations so I I never get disappointed um I don't know if that's anyone else but like that just works for me may not work for you but yeah no I completely understand I feel like sometimes just having your expectations too high I don't know why every time I'm like oh yeah so today is gonna go like this I'm gonna talk to a cute boy and then he's gonna be like you're really cute too and then I'm gonna get an A on my test, and then he's gonna ask me out. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh no, that nope. none of that happened. Literally <laughs> yeah. none of that. I didn't talk to anyone that day. I <laughs> failed my test, and uh-huh. um, I went home feeling like crap. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, 
honestly it's kind of sad how we have to lower our expectations just to make ourselves feel better maybe that's something that needs to be worked on I honestly don't know maybe I should seek a therapist (laughs) (laughs) me too good therapy yes (laughs) honestly that will just be um something we should create after taking that gov exam (laughs) my gosh you know what's so funny? I was looking at a multiple choice like question, like old like AP College Board PDF, and I found all of the questions that she used, and they had all of the answers. And I was like, why didn't I find this before? I what? <laughs> I'll show it to you after. It's literally wild. I was like, she used every single question. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? If you're listening to this, you did not hear this. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Oh, it's, my God. Yeah, it's quite a lot to take in. I was really disappointed. I was like, why didn't I find this before? Um, I know. I <sighs> The whole time, you know, I was, I was so persistent on doing that at-home essay. So then the sudden shift in taking that 80 question multiple choice. I was like, oh my God, how am I going to study for this while studying for other classes? I accidentally saw my grade on her computer. I got an 80% on it, which is solid for me. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just getting over this. But I hope I still have an A in the class just because I'm trying to maintain my scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> that dream on is the line. <laughs> I have a B in that class. There's no way I can get up at this point. I have accepted it. You know, (laughs) that test test is out of 360 points. You never know. I don't know. I just keep hearing from everyone from every class, though, that, like, the exam either did nothing to their grade or, like, moved their grade up, like, 0.1%. So, like, I'm not sure at this point. Mm. I don't know. I guess it depends on how well they did. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's It's... I just don't want to think about final exams yeah. at this point. <laughs> exactly. We're on winter break. This is our time to relax. Yeah. We deserve yeah. this. We earn mm-hmm. this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Period. Except for the reading I have to do for H Lit. But yeah. <gasps> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Well, you know, that isn't due until like two weeks after break. So. Yeah, I know she says that. And like, we <laughs> technically do have like a week and a half later. But like at that, it, going back to like being productive and like, making sure you get you're ahead of the class this is what I like to do I like to like make sure that if you're given every anything over the break or like just generally given like a heads up about future assignments that you get on top of them so that when the time comes and like you get a work week where you're working four days in a row and you don't even have time to eat that you don't even have to worry about the, the assignment now that I'm a senior, there's so many other seniors who are working and everyone has said the same thing. Like you have to finish your assignments at any possible time slots given. Like even if it's a five minute break, you got to pull out the math assignments. You got to yeah. finish everything as soon as possible because otherwise you don't know what's going to happen to your daily schedule. And that's yeah. like the whole letting go of control situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you have no real control over your schedule, how your um, how many hours you're gonna work a certain day, what your manager is gonna assign the shift mm-hmm. to, um, it's it's really scary because you're like, oh shoot, like I don't have time to finish my homework. I have to work until twelve a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Props to you. It's Thank it you sounds so really overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. 
hang on all my thread but yeah <laughs> <laughs> I will go to Sunrise and give you extra tips thank you so much I probably won't get that much because <laughs> tips are basically based on how much you work a week and like um if you're working at the front too I think that determines it but yeah I probably won't get that much of it but like good for everyone else <laughs> yes <laughs> that's really interesting I feel like boba places they always split it amongst the employees yeah it's really interesting because at my old job at pizza hut i'm giving you a little bit of tea but like they didn't give so there's like different positions obviously like the drivers the csrs customer service representative like people who cut the pizza deal with customers um and then the cooks and all of the tip money would go to the cooks like the delivery drivers had their own tips and everything obviously but the csrs would hardly ever get any tips the most you would get a night would be a dollar and sometimes not even that and i found it so frustrating because when you initially work in that position you work there for like weeks and months on end and you see like the cooks get so much money a night and there's only like one or two cooks so they split it between the two of them and like sometimes they share like a dollar or two but like it's not even that much you know right what can a dollar even get you now literally pretty nothing. much nothing yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like if you go to our asb store you can buy one bag of chips <laughs> yeah oh my gosh oh that is so sad yeah i remember we had that debate on whether or not it's uh it should be mandatory to tip our servers yeah yeah we had that discussion in our ep government class and like i don't know i in terms of like asian culture i feel like it's always like a courtesy thing but i know in like other asian countries like japan like they don't actually want you to tip like it's not a thing there but in my family it's always been like almost a, a simultaneous flex on you know like being able to provide but also like being courteous to the people that you're eating with to like tip a lot as well so I feel like it's always been ingrained in me and like now working as like a fast food or like just a general like food worker now I appreciate fast food workers more so I feel like more more reason to tip I think that is one of the hardest place to work in especially if you're like um working at the register if you are a waiter slash server those are hard jobs because customers are so rude they're impatient and they're just horrible people sometimes yeah the entitlement definitely raises when people are dealing with a lot of part-time workers and it's totally unwarranted and like honestly it's a good gauge to see if someone's actually a good person if they treat like fast food workers and waitresses and waiter waiters really well yes for real do you have any fast food horror stories you'd like to share spill uh, the tea <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was um so when I was working at Pizza Hut there was this one particular night like th- we do have like a lot of nights where we're busy anyway, like dinner rushes, lunch rushes, whatever. But we were seriously busy this night and we were understaffed and we had gotten a call from someone and I picked it up, um, basically holding two different phones at the same time, trying to like make sure that like both of them were on the same line. And 
this person just started going on a rant about the fact that we put pineapples on their pizza and they were like you put pineapples on the wrong pizza i hate pineapples you ruined my dinner my dinner is so cold now i just came home i'm so tired i'm so hungry my mom is coming there right now but i just wanted to call you just to let you know how angry you made me and then he just hung up and i was like okay <laughs> i just like had no words i was like dude i'm getting paid 15 dollars an hour i don't know what you want from me <laughs> um and the mom like eventually did come in and like i tried like looking at the pizza just to see like did we actually like we obviously did but i just wanted to look at it and she like grabbed it back and was like don't take the pizza away from me i was like oh no ma'am i wasn't going to and i was like i can't do this so i just like handled it to my manager and like my manager smoothed things over and like everything was fine but i was just like it's just pineapples i don't understand the whole debate it just made me like think about that the entire day I was like, yeah really that big of a deal <laughs> i mean they could have just like taken it off right but it's kind of weird like how did the pineapples get added they said they didn't order it yeah i don't even know honestly i i wasn't <laughs> working on that side at the time so i have no idea how it happened but like i guess we put it on the wrong person's pizza because it made a whole entire mess yeah wow that is very interesting <laughs> i was never expecting pineapples to get that controversial yeah yeah how do you feel melanie is this gonna get too controversial now we're talking politics um <laughs> <laughs> You know, personally, I am kind of a moderate when it comes to this situation. Um, yeah, specifically pineapples on pizza. I think yes for certain moods, no for other moods. It's not something I would go with as my number one choice. Um, but, you know, if I was at a party and they only had Hawaiian pizza, I don't know why they call it that, by the Me way. Um... <laughs> it's like, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Like pineapple and ham Hawaiian I don't know yeah it's little sus yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but if that was the only choice there I would eat it because I am hungry all the time yeah yeah that's definitely my same move as well like I'm not I'm not gonna shame people for liking it you know I'm just like if you like it you like it um but it's definitely not something like a topping that I would specifically go to or like right. seek out exactly you know what mushroom pizza though i love mushrooms so much oh my gosh they're so great yes Honestly, people who don't like mushrooms you, you gotta try it a different way i swear to you it's good <laughs> it's good yes you know my best friend hates mushrooms like she will not even look at them she thinks they look gross because she's like <laughs> ew fungi blah 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 <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, screw you, eat, eat some mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh my gosh, yeah. I, I do, I must say though, there are particular mushrooms that I can't get behind, but like, typically I do like most mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Um, well, we got super off topic, but that was great, <laughs> super entertaining. If I was listening to this while walking, I would be laughing. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I hope so. <laughs> yeah I, I hope, hope so, so. <laughs> but before we end this episode would you like to give one piece of advice you learned from your adulting experience moving from Vegas to California 
my number one advice would definitely be to ask for help. Um, I feel like as like a self-proclaimed independent individual, as I have been saying this entire episode, um, sometimes I feel like I'm stubborn to the point that I'm too independent, that it's like almost way too inconvenient for myself, that it just doesn't make sense for me to do it by myself. Like for example, when I um, had initially gotten here and I didn't have like a car or a license, obviously, um, I would just walk everywhere, even though like I was living with my cousins and everything, they could obviously drive me, but I just felt like like I just didn't want to burden them or like waste their time but like they had already told me in the beginning that if I ever needed anything that I could go to them so it almost felt <laughs> a little strange that I was purposely going out of my way to make things more difficult for myself and like I would walk to interviews and like professional pointy shoes and like high heel booties and I was like wow. hurting my feet and like I I don't know why I did that I look back at now and like why I'm not entirely sure but I think asking for help is always something that everyone could always work on because I feel like a lot of people feel the same way where they feel like they don't want to ask for help or they feel like asking for help can make them seem weak. And I feel like in Asian culture, that tends to be a pattern as well. So I think it's always important to enforce that it's okay to ask for help because sometimes you need it and one day you can return it for that person as well. Yes, giving back. Study break greatly condones giving back to your community and those who helped you. Yes, I love that. Yes. Love that. Thank you so much for coming on my show and sharing your story. I loved hearing about it. Hopefully the audience did as well. Be sure to follow me at the Study Break Podcast, as well as tuning into your favorite podcast app. Follow Study Break there and listen to a new episode every Tuesday. Thank you all so much for listening and I hope you have an amazing day. Bye everyone.